It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We're grading and comparing the situations that the 2023 first-round quarterbacks are entering today on the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Lockdown NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And of course, a big old welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. If you're an everydayer, you're in for a treat today because this is repeat annual off-season content that Joe and I have done uh, for three years now. Yep. I believe this is our third year in doing this exact exercise. And I do want to publicly shame you a little bit, Joe, because you sent me the the criteria last night. You said, anything you want to change here? And I said, it's not broke. I don't think we should fix it. Okay, what, what do you mean? There's a historical Right, overlap. we've done the same thing, yeah. yeah. I just wanted to clarify, it was more but of if, a But if we change it, then we can't compare it to what it's been. That was me getting ready to do the work and making sure that I was doing the appropriate work and that you didn't have any <laughs> galaxy brain ideas that was going to okay. disrupt my process. Okay, okay. Fair I enough. I was hoping you'd say yes. 
And we did say yes. This is the exact same criteria we have applied to these quarterbacks in the past. We have three first-round quarterbacks, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, all drafted in the top four. And they're all going to get assessed or graded across the same criteria. We have, what is this? One, two, three, four, five, six categories. Now, we saved this for the end of the week because throughout the course of the week, we spent the time and we did the deep dive stuff on all of the teams that picked the quarterback. That was on purpose. Your coaching staff, your quarterback room, your running game, your offensive line, your pass catchers, your defense. Six categories, draft dudes do math. And on a one to five score, five being elite, the best situation in the NFL, and one being you guys are D2, uh, we graded each one of those six categories for each of these three quarterbacks. We've done this the last couple of years. As players get into the league and you have repeat seasons with renewed experiences, for example, we're going to do, in the next couple weeks, we're going to do Trevor Lawrence again, or we're going to do Mac Jones. We're going to do Mac Jones for the third time. And you get to compare the situation from year one to year two to year three. You get to compare all of the situations for quarterbacks that have been first-round selections for the past couple of years and hold them against one another. We probably need to figure out we're not doing Zach Wilson like we're not going to do the Jets situation, right? Yeah, I don't think he's going to be a starter. I just have a hunch. Yeah. I mean, you could still grade the situation, but it's probably yeah. a moot point to do the Jets with Zach Wilson. So he'll be on here for 2021 and 2022 when we get to our like master table of all the scores we've given. But we have to start with this year's group of Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson. All right, let's do it. Let's start with Bryce Young. Let's start with the coaching situation that features Frank Reich as his head coach, obviously an experienced NFL head coach, experienced uh, offensive coordinator, a guy that's been with a lot of young quarterbacks, played quarterback in the league himself, Thomas Brown coming over from the Rams, Josh McCown, his quarterback's coach, and Jim Caldwell, a senior advisor to that staff. Kyle, I really like it. I really like what they've put together here for Bryce Young to be able to um, have the right leadership from a coaching standpoint of proving commodities, guys that have been with young quarterbacks, guys that have been with superstar quarterbacks. I think it's almost close to perfect. I'm going to give it a solid four and a half. Okay, four and a half. I'm glad you went four and a half. Uh, I gave it a four. I think it's the best coaching staff of, not to do the rest of the show here, but I think it's the best collection of coaches with the vast wealth of experience that it affords. Um, I, I do think the one thing that prevented me from giving it a four and a half is it's just, it's the first year of the staff. You have some new pieces with some new coaches with Frank Reich and like Thomas Brown coming over. I'm excited to see Jim Caldwell get another opportunity to be on a coaching staff, but he, he's kind of been on the fringes for a couple years. So I give it a solid four. I think it's a great staff, uh, but if I'm going to hold it against like the standard of five is your best staff in the NFL, put me down for a four. Yeah, in relative to a, a, the situation too, right? Like, Of course, yeah. 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 All right, so that gets us to the quarterback room. Andy Dalton uh, in there with him. Matt Corral, uh, was he a third-round pick last year? Traded so up for him. Yeah, yeah traded up for him. So you've got a, another young guy in the room, uh, a peer, right? I think that's helpful. And then Andy Dalton, who's – he knows why he's here, man. 
he, he was signed after they made the trade, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he, he did this with Justin Fields in Chicago. Like, I think Andy Dalton kind of accepts who he is in the NFL right now. Um, yeah, and he really, had a great, and he had a great career as a starter. Yeah. Right? But yeah. at this stage, bridge guy, it's yeah. the perfect kind of bridge guy because there's no long-term threat to right. getting the young player into the, the starting line. Solid four. I also gave it a four. So we're, we're lockstep here. Uh, you want to do run game? We'll, we'll do run game next for the, the Panthers. I just wish they had better backs. Yes. And, and you, try, you try your best. You try your best not to compartmentalize or, or cross pollinate the offensive line stuff. Cause the offensive line is its own section, right? Mm-hmm. So if you graded separately, the offensive line from the actual backs in the backfield, I, I think that's very important because they're two separate categories. If I were going to give you the curve of the offensive line, I'd give you a better grade. But if I'm just looking at the backs that Carolina has, I think it's a moderately below average group of backs. I gave it a two and a half. It's not mm-hmm. a bad group. It's not a, a a woefully ineffective group. There's been players who have, in spurts and small sample sizes, been effective NFL players. But just the collection of running backs in general, like if you get yourself in a game where you're really struggling to read the coverage and you want to run the ball and lean on your running game, do you have guys that are going to make plays for you? I don't know consistently across a 17-game schedule that they have those guys on this roster. So your grade is two and a half? Two and a half. Okay. So modestly below average. Yeah, I'm going to give it right there at a three for average. Um, I would agree with you wholeheartedly that I wish their backs were better. I will also acknowledge that this team assessed their running backs and said, you know what, Deontay Foreman, you can go. We want to pay a fair amount of money to Miles Sanders, who has um, time on task with Frank Reich, Um, or at least that style of offense. Mm -hmm. I I do give the offensive line a bit of an influence here. All right. So, so I'll, I'll admit that. And maybe that's, that's how I can get to the average three because I like their offensive line, especially from a run blocking perspective. I mean, they were able to gash some teams last year on the ground. Um, again, I don't know that I like their running back situation better this year, um, but I think at least the way that they perceive Miles Sanders combined with the offensive line bump that I'm giving them, I got it right at average with a three. Okay, you you have talked me into a three. Okay. I think my biggest, my biggest hesitation with fully buying in on Sanders is Sanders' big breakout was this past year when – had the best offensive line in the game. The best offensive line in the game, and then you also had Jalen Hurts as a complement in the running game. Yeah. Like, simultaneously, you had to account for two potential ball carriers on yeah. every play. We're both nervous about that Miles Sanders deal. Yes. All right. So that's get that gets us to the offensive line, which we spoke in depth about earlier this week. I mean, I you wish that, that uh, Corbett at right guard was healthy, but... I think you've got a really stable group in front of Bryce Young or, you know, whenever he takes over. I don't think it's like an amazing offensive line, but it's at least a tick above average, so I give it a three and a half. I also gave it a three and a half. I, as I look at the depth chart, and that's the nice thing about what we have done and what we are continuing to do here, I'll give everybody on YouTube the behind the scenes. 
you can see, like, this is everybody's offensive line in the NFL. And on the master sheet for the project that we are doing, and you can see visually a comparative color code, how many quality starters, adequate starters, roster cornerstones, all the way down the list you have in your projected five. Uh, Of the units that we have done, this is the only offensive line across the three that you feel like you know what you are going to get from all five starting players, and it is a floor of adequate level starters or better. Now, obviously, with Austin Corbett expected to miss some time with the injury, that will elevate an incomplete player in Cade Mays, presumably being the one who's into the starting lineup, if not Chandler Zavala, the rookie at right guard. But you have three quality starters and two adequate starters. That, for me, in comparison to the other three groups, they're the three that we've done. I could see it very clearly and see the illustration. It makes it very easy for me to say this is an above-average offensive line in the spectrum of the NFL, and it is the best offensive line of the ones that we're evaluating here. Pass catchers, receivers, tight ends, and also factoring in kind of your your pass catchers out of the backfield. You got Adam Thielen and... Um, DJ Chark. DJ Chark's part of the mix. Uh, Jonathan Terrence Mingo, Marshall, Jonathan Mingo. Hayden Hurst, Amir Bird, Shai Smith, Miles Sanders, who can catch a football a little bit. I think you got a, a bunch of reasonable names here and, and a lot of players that I like. I, I think the absence of having a true, okay, we can funnel our passing game through this guy. This guy warrants 120, 150 targets, right? I don't think they have any anything close to that. And so the absence of that brings it down a tick for me. So if, if I think it's kind of average, but then I look at it and I say, you know what? They really don't have a dude. I had to bring it down to a two. So my score here is a two. I gave it a two as well. Uh, It's a lot of adequate starter players, but I don't think you have an impact player in any of those spots at the stage of the career of Adam Thielen or um, DJ Chark's always kind of been more of a complimentary player. We don't know what we're going to get from Jonathan Mingo. Hayden Hurst, has been most successful as a third or fourth option in a passing offense, and he may be the third or fourth option in this passing offense, but you don't have the alpha elsewhere right. that tests the spacing of the field. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's 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 missing quality starters and roster cornerstones, and because of that, it's a, it's a solid group. It's not a low floor group, but I also think it's a low ceiling group, and because of that, I gave it a, a modestly below average grade. Gets us to the defense. A lot of talent on this defense. A really exciting uh, defensive coordinator here in uh, Coach Evero uh, coming over from Denver. There's some holes. We know we, that we talked about this earlier. We wish they had another pass rusher that can make an impact. We wish that the safety play was a little more stable. Um, but there's still a lot to like with this unit. Um, and so when I grade these defenses, I look at it through the lens of how good of a defense is this in terms of it alleviating stress from the quarterback from having to do more, right? Can you lean on that defense? And I think to an extent that the Panthers can. And so I gave this a 3.75. Three and a half, solid, above average. So we're, we, we saw this team very similarly. We weren't anything more than we were a half a point off on coaching and we were a quarter of a point off on defense. And you, you talked yeah. me into to bumping running backs up just a touch. So, I mean, we're we're right there with each other. Grand total, you gave this a 20.75 out of a possible 30 points, and I gave it a 20. We'll put that in historical context at the end of the show. 
Yeah, and we will get to C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson next. But first, I need to tell you about Bilt Bar, the world's best-tasting protein bar. Folks, if you want a delicious treat but you don't want a bunch of sugar, you don't want a bunch of calories, try Bilt Bars. They're awesome. They're healthy and they're delicious. They're delicious because they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they have tons of great flavors. They just actually uh, announced a limited-time flavor, the uh, the white chocolate birthday cake. I went ahead and ordered two uh, two boxes of the puffs as well, which are my favorites. And so you got great flavors like that and peanut butter puff and uh, coconut almond, brownie batter, churro, so many great flavors covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like eating a candy bar, but they're good for you. Like I mentioned, only you know, a very small amount of calories, small amount of sugar, and, and like 17 grams of protein per bar. So great way to get some protein into your diet. Folks, check them out. You can head on over to Built.com. Use our promo code LOCKDOWN15 to get you 15% off of your next order. Or you can head on over to your local Walmart or Sam's Club, pick up a box off the shelf, and try them right away. You got to do it. You'll thank us later. These things are awesome. Hey, guys. It's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow alternate routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. CJ Stroud time here, and we've now familiarized everyone with the categories, coaching, quarterback room, run game, offensive line, pass catchers, and defense. No, it's out of 30 points. We get a lot of ground to cover. So if you're interested on some of the deeper-rooted mechanics of these rooms and these groups, each one of these teams got the deep dive, right? We did the all 22. We did the study. We did the deep dive. So Joe, I only say that just to make sure that we keep this conversation flowing and not go back over into the weeds because we have a lot of ground we want to cover at the end of this conversation too. Now, coaching was not one of the things that we discussed in depth with the coaching staff. Uh, And it seems you and I both just kind of looking at the scores here feel like the coaching staff for Houston the relative inexperience, I don't want to speak for you, but that was the holdup for me. This was the lowest graded coaching staff we had across all three teams. And it's yeah, the inexperience I, for me. I gave it a two. You got a defensive-minded head coach in D'Amico Ryans. Bobby Slowick's never been an offensive coordinator, like his upbringing under, under Kyle Shanahan, but this is a big jump for him and handed a tough situation with a lot to bring together and a rookie quarterback. Draw Johnson, the quarterback's coach, quarterbacks is his coach. first season ever as a quarterback's coach. He was the assistant quarterback's coach for Minnesota last year, and that's it. So kind of a, a young guy there. And then Bill Lazor is kind of your veteran, um, uh, has experience in a lot of different roles. But I'll look at Bill Lazor's career, and I don't I don't think it's always been good there either. So I'm a little underwhelmed here with the coaching scenario uh, for C.J. Stroud. I like the coaching staff, right? I, I do. 
But when you look at it through the lens of C.J. Stroud, I have questions about it. Right, and that that's the important piece is I like a lot of the vision of the coaching staff, but it has to come together, and it's probably going to be one of those things where those guys all grow together. When your senior offensive assistant is Bill Lazor, and that's the most accomplished offensive coach you have on the staff from a historical responsibilities perspective, the early impression of C.J. Stroud, I think that's – it's it's valuable for CJ and the fact that he's been an exp- you don't feel like he has to change the style of play as much as Bryce Young does with some of the off script stuff right so i think having experience there to try to recondition how you play the game a little bit for the NFL game is valuable for Carolina, and I think they have the pieces to do that, where I don't know that they necessarily need to do that for C.J. Stroud because we think it is more of a one-for-one with how he plays the game. And I think that that helps justify this, but at the same time, you would like to have more experience in the coaching staff room, specifically for developing your young quarterback. Quarterback room for C.J. Stroud is Davis Mills and Case Keenum. Kyle, I think of this a lot like I did Carolina. They got Andy Dalton and Matt Corral, a guy that's veteran, that's kind of been around Case Keenum. Obviously, he's played in so many different systems, so many different teams. He, he's been around this league. And then, of course, Davis Mills uh, has been their starter, right, a young player as well. So I think this quarterback room is really good for C.J. Stroud. I gave it a four. I think Mills can help bridge because he's played with these guys those who are still there from, Mm -hmm. from the last couple of years, he can help be the bridge for getting everybody to see things the same way. But this grade for me is really predicated on the experience and what they have in case Keenum. I think case Keenum is the veteran bridge in the same way that we view Andy Dalton. Now he's not as accomplished as Andy Dalton. His peak wasn't as good as Andy Dalton. He hasn't played as much as Andy Dalton. So I gave it a three and a half. I tried to keep it congruent with where I had, uh, the grade for the, the Panthers room. Uh, mm-hmm. So I have it a half point lower than the Panthers room, but I like a lot of the same elements. And where I can justify my half a point difference and staying the same is I think more of Davis Mills than I do Matt Corral. And okay. I think Case, you know, Case Keenum, I no, he didn't have as much accomplishment as Dalton, but yeah. We're at run game. Run game. For CJ Pierce, Devin Singletary couple adequate level starting running backs. Good depth right? with Mike Boone and Daryung Agungbuwali. Good, uh, yep, good, good work. I like that, and I like I like the offensive line from a run-blocking perspective as well. I, I, I think I gave this the same grade as Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, looks like you gave it a three-and-a-half versus a three. I gave yeah, it, I gave I it like a three. I like the backs for... better. What's that? I like I like Houston's backs better, to be honest with you. That's why I gave it a half point more. I kind of better pass pro backs too. Yes, well that by a billion run game though. No, but it's something to be mindful of. It's it's a worthy talking point here. It's it's a very valuable talking point for both Singletary and and Pierce are super physical players. They're they're different backs but I kind of feel the same about them as I do the Carolina backs, where if, if my if I go back to what my question was with Carolina, I think you have players who are more capable of carrying higher volumes with consistency, but are they going to have success? 
I can't definitively say these are going to be chunk gains. These are going to be guys who break big runs. They're going to have a lot of really fun runs. They're going to really play physical, but are they going to be chunk runners? I don't have that much more confidence that it's going to be that much more impactful than what Carolina has, and because of that, I gave it to save grave. I gave them a three as well. So I'm glad that when we did Carolina, you kind of talked me up into, because I see plenty of parallels just like I do in the quarterback room, but I, I at my big question for both rooms is the same, and because of that, I gave them both average. Offensive line. This is another unit that I looked looked at very similarly to Carolina. Um, but they have the best maybe, player, too. With Tunsil? Yeah. And Shaq Mason's probably the third best player, if you put all the offensive linemen together. Are you, are you putting Taylor Moton at two? Probably, yeah. He's been so consistent for so long. Right. In tackle. the same kind of sense as Shaq Mason is, but he doesn't play tackle. So if right. you just wanted to play that game, you could do that and sort But then you, you got some questions about center for Houston. Um, you got some questions at the other guard spot as well. I mean, Kenyon Green has to has to take play a better. Step. Yeah. Has to take a step. Um, I gave it a three and a half. I think this is this is a reasonably good situation for Houston when it comes to their offensive line. I gave it a three on the nose. Uh, I think this is a perfectly average. Now, if Kenyon Green takes a step, if Titus Howard maintains the play that he put on display last year, if Juice Scruggs can come in and be a quality contributor and, and not have to struggle to keep his head above water, when we do this exercise next year, that offensive line will be better. I think that the best thing that Houston has going for it with the, the offensive line is that the unit should be stable year over year for the first couple of years with C.J. Stroud. They've got Tunsil under contract. Kenyon Green's on a rookie deal. Juice Scruggs is on a rookie deal. They just gave a three-year deal to Shaq Mason. Like, you, you got a lot of stability lined up. I think the long-term forecast is very good, but as far as the actual definitive answers that we have in the group right now it wasn't enough for me to put it in the same bucket as Carolina who got a three and a half I gave it a three just a half point lower just because you have two players who are big swings and they're playing next to each other and that just gives me a little bit more pause finish up with the defense here Kyle I gave it a two I think it's a below average defense three is average remember one is a fail two is below average and I think there's a lot of upside with the defense, but I think there's holes, right? I have questions about, you know, do they have enough size up front on their defensive tackle situation? Um, can they get better play out of some of their young young cornerstones that you look at on their defense with a Stingley, with a Petrie, um, with uh, Christian Harris, right? I, I, I like where this defense is heading. I don't think that whoever's playing quarterback for Houston this year is going to say, you know what? I can really lean on this defense. I don't have to force a throw. I don't have to make something happen because this defense could bail me out. I, I don't look at it like that. Right. If we start on a short field, I know they're going to hold us. Or, oh, they'll get us the ball back. I don't need to play with a little extra pressure late in the game when we're down a touchdown. I agree with you. I give it a two and a half, so I'm a half point higher than you. Uh, I am very intrigued and interested in the pieces that they brought in this offseason to, to kind of raise the floor of that unit. But there's just a lot of gelling that has to take place. And there's so many new pieces on that side of the ball. And obviously a new defensive system with D'Amico Ryan. So um, even the the players who flashed last year who you felt good about, there is a little bit of extra component of unknown. I think the, the Flores is a, a modest 
floor for this defense, but they have a lot of pieces that if things click quickly, again, this could be another 12 months from now, elevates pretty significantly. And that's the point of the rebuilding process. And I think Houston's aligned with that with a lot of these groups and the talent that they've allocated. And unfortunately, it's just until you see it, it's not going to grade out particularly well in an exercise like this. So I have them at a 17 and you have them at a 16 out of 30. Correct. So So we'll put that in historical context as well as soon as we do Anthony Richardson, which is what we are finishing with here on this ranking of the quarterback situations for the 2023 first round quarterbacks. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm personal price plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Anthony Richardson, Joe, um, have to feel good about what this team is kind of getting back from a health perspective, but let's start with coaching. Brand new coaching staff. Uh, First time head coach in Shane Steichen, but I think about a coach like Jim Bob Cooter and his experience, and, and I think that's... Huge. A really valuable piece, and and that's what for me had Richardson's coaching grade land between what Houston has and what Carolina has. I think Carolina has overwhelming experience. I think Houston has very little experience. You have first time head coach in Anthony or for in Shane Steichen, but Jim Bob Cooter with 15 years of league experience and has been an offensive coordinator before. I think that's just enough of a leg up for me to slot it in the middle of these three teams. I have it in the middle as well. I have it as a three. Um, really excited about Shane Steichen and what he did last year with Philly taking over this offense. But like you mentioned, Jim Bob Cooter. And I also want to bring up Cam Turner here. And in Jim Bob and in Cam Turner, Jim Bob Cooter was with uh, the the Eagles last year with Hertz, but also the Jack or two years ago with Hertz in twenty one. It was with uh, Trevor Lawrence in twenty twenty two, another young quarterback. And then Cam yeah. Turner was with Arizona for both Rosen and Murray. And I think that time with those young, high-profile quarterbacks is going to be very, very good for Anthony Richardson uh, to step into this situation. So you wish that like the head coach had a little bit more that you could point to in terms of success. Um, but I, I think it is in the middle. I give it a solid three with a lot of upward momentum here. Quarterback room, Gardner Minshew. Potentially starting some starter experience. They don't really have a deep-rooted vet right it's it. it's Minshew and it's Minshew and, and Sam Ellinger yeah so I think Minshew's his experience will be valuable you wish you had like that really long in the two I mean Gardner was drafted in what 2018 mm-hmm. 2019 somewhere in that stretch so like he he's got good NFL experience he's a valuable presence do I think you could 
especially have do do better by having a player with experience as a starting quarterback with a similar or as close to a similar skill set as you could find for Anthony Richardson. I think that would certainly help that correlation versus from a stature and athleticism and there's a pretty stark difference between who your backup quarterback is and who your your young quarterback that you're grooming to start is. So I gave it an average grade. Uh, I think Minshew's fine, uh, but my wish list would have a different kind of player also in this room. I see it similarly. Uh, what allowed me to keep it from being below average is that uh, if you remember with Gardner Minshew when we scouted him coming out, the guy was ready to be a quarterback's coach. coach. If I'm, yeah. Wasn't that, was it at Alabama or something like that? I mean, he was going to go somewhere pretty high profile and be a quarterback's coach. Um, and I think he's a guy that you can maybe look at and say, you know, maybe he's out for getting himself his own opportunity to start and, and, and all that type of stuff. But I think with what he was able to do, like last year playing behind Jalen Hurts and with Shane Steichen, uh, like you mentioned with, Davis Mills, Ellinger provides some level of year-over-year continuity in the room. Uh, So I give it a solid average three here. Running back room, Jonathan Taylor, one of the best backs in football. Need we say more? Four and a half out of five. Yeah, and I think their depth's pretty pretty decent with uh, Zach Moss played pretty well for them down the stretch. And then even Deion Jackson, who, dude, like I wish they threw the ball to him more. The first game I watched, he had 10 catches. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't think he had that many more the rest of the year. It's like, man, throw right. this guy the football. I feel like he can help you. And Evan Hole coming over should be a good offensive line for run blocking. I gave it a four-two-five. Okay, so we're right neck and neck. Yeah. Uh, offensive line, you gave a little bit higher than I did. You gave it three and a half. I gave it three. Uh, so I put it in the same bucket as the Texans. You put it all these lines. I think same grade for you, right? Yeah, I looked at them all very similarly. Um, Kyle, who's their left tackle real quick? Uh, Bern, Bernhard Raymond. It, it's Ryman. It's Ryman. I just want to let you know. It's Ryman. Yeah. The... So we need to do a big board of like the, and I don't, I don't think this individual is angry. <laughs> no, dude. But, but it was like a corrective, like we, we pissed off Frankie Louvu's number one overall fan too. I don't know if oh, you saw that pronounce... for, say, for calling him sufficient. He said, why are these dudes blowing smoke on my team? I knew they were full of it when they said Frankie Luba was an adequate player. I always say it, man. We we could say most anything about football, and we won't get that much feedback. But my God, if you pronounce somebody's name wrong, you well, will. And, and there get... is a respect component there, so I get it. But you you get more emphatic pronunciation feedback than you do profound exceptions with the but football announcement. If you're going to come at us for the pronunciation of an, a player's name, spell their first name right in the tweet. That that would be that would be a better way for me to receive that if you want to go the respect angle. Spell the guy's first name correctly. Okay, so Bernard Where were we? Ryman. <laughs> Offensive line. Bernard Ryman, Jordan Mailata, not Mailata, Mailata, who's not relevant to this conversation at all, but that's a pronunciation thing that we get. Um, yeah, I like the group. Um, Nelson, Braden Smith, Kelly. I mean, don't love what's happening at right guard, but I liked Ryman's growth in season at left tackle. I think collectively it's pretty strong. I've heard he's up like 15 pounds too. I believe he said that. Is that good? We like that. Season. He carries it well. He he carried it pretty well. That was a former tight end and bulking up. So Ryman should, 
should be in line for another step. And until he does, I'm going to keep him at a three. All right. I got it at three and a half. Uh, pass catchers. The the one common theme that we both have with all three of these teams is we don't really like any of the pass catcher groups. I gave it a two and a half versus a two for the other two groups just because I think they have the best player. Pittman? Mike, Pittman's the best player. Yes. And I'm excited for Jelani Woods in year two. So those two things were enough for me to say I, I'm going to put it marginally above the pass catching groups in Houston yeah. and in Carolina. Yeah, I, I I have it above. I have it as a three. I have this at average. I do think that Michael Pittman's a guy that you can target 120 times and feel good about it. Young players, like you mentioned, Jelani Woods, Alec Pierce in year two as well. I think adding Josh Downs, obviously he needs to prove himself completely in the NFL. That'll be a helpful addition. Good pass catching backs, a lot of depth at tight end. Mo Ali mm-hmm. Cox, Kylan Granson. I thought the collective depth here plus Pittman put it at least into an average category for me. So I have it as a three. And then defense, we both graded as an average defense. I'm going to go ahead and pull up the table that has the grades for Joe and I on all three uh, teams. Joe, if you want to talk through de- your your thoughts on defense for the Colts, yeah, I, I think it's re- it's average, right? I mean, we we went through it. There's talent on all levels of the field. They're keeping Gus Bradley, actually. That'll that'll probably help them. I want to see some of these young defensive linemen on the edge really get it going right when Quiddy Pay and uh, Dio from Vanderbilt and um, didn't they they sign Samson Ekubon right? That's yes, that's the right team. Did. You know, see all this kind of come together. I want to see Leonard be healthy and do his thing on the second level. Um, a lot of potential here. This is a defense that I think could be better than a three, but right now, um, I think it's at least average. Got a young pl- a lot of young players at corner too. Yeah, it's true. So Stephon, I, I think, yeah, Stephon Gilmore's not here anymore. That's, Gilmore's that's gone, so you have Juju Brents, Darius Rush, Isaiah Rogers, Kenny Moore. Slot. Kenny Moore in the nickel. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I'm excited to see how this the young players in this group take a step as well. But, Joe, we both have Carolina's the best situation amongst the three teams. We both narrowly, by one point, have the Colts behind and then you have the Texans uh, with a gap for both of us it's just your ceiling for all three situations is like marginally higher in the scoring scale than mine so so I'm gonna take that off the screen for just a hot second and then we're gonna put the historical context table up on the screen Joe, where do you want to start with these? We have your and my historical grades going back to 2021 for young quarterback situations. Our hierarchy, uh, Bryce Young for you, 2023, is only behind Mac Jones and Trey Lance situations from the 2021 season. Man, that, that that might not be good. (laughs) um well let's put it in perspective because the two behind it were are trey lance 2022 and then trevor lawrence trey lance 2022 we had big time questions with that offensive line right Mm -hmm. we knew they had the stud pass catchers we knew they had the defense we knew they had the um 
the coaching staff, but it was the losses on the offensive line, and it was before they traded for Christian McCaffrey. So it's very difficult to retroact how you felt about San Francisco 12 months ago when they lost some significant pieces on the offensive interior. They lost Lake and Tomlinson, right? They, they had Elijah Mitchell as, as a big-time question mark. Now, we'll do San Francisco here in a little bit to do Trey Lance 2023, and I have a feeling that situation's probably going to be number number one on our lists, historically. Mm-hmm. But it's case in point, you know, Mac Jones 2021 was both of our top situations across the five first-round quarterbacks from 2021, the one first-round quarterback from 2022, and the three first-round quarterbacks in 2023 that we have graded. We have a total of 14 seasons in here, and we got to do Kenny Pickett, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones for this season upcoming still. Well, I do like that. Can people see the charts? Is that what they're seeing yes, right now? Yes, people can see the charts if they're on the YouTube channel, yes. I do like that the guy that I had graded with the best situation won the most games. Oh, I'm glad you said that, Joe. <laughs> You've set the table here for me because I, I kind of teased this to you that I did this. But I tapped into our friends over at my friend over at Chat GTP, and this is very fun because for those of us who really don't have a clue what this Chat GTP is, can you like give us the dude? The, it's it's the th- the AI thing. I I've seen it, but I'm very I don't know what it is. So you pull up a browser and you go to chat.openai.com, and it's access to. Uh, an artificial intelligence that you can communicate to and have a conversation with, and you can have it do things for you. And obviously, uh, I last took classes pertaining to the scientific process and like statistical research and uh, statistical significance and correlations. It's been about 20 years, if we're being honest. So it's been a long time. And I'm not a statistician. But in using ChatGTP, you had a chance to... It gave me... This would be the test that you would run to find if there's a statistically significant correlation between these data sets, which is wins and losses versus the grade that you gave the situation for the player in that specific season. So you can see everybody who's on the YouTube channel. Joe and I, our average score across the 14 situations for quarterbacks over the last three seasons that we've done, we are within .02 of each other with the average grades that we have given out. Now, it's not exactly the same, but it's close. And I've, I've done this with both Joe's data set and my data set. So if you listen to us and you don't like what we have to say and you think we're blowing smoke, I do have some bad news for you. With the AI we did end up creating a contingency table and we ran a chi-square test to test the statistical relationship between the score of the situation and the win-loss record of the quarterback in that season. And what it found with that chi-square test was that there was a statistically significant relationship between the better your score was and the win-loss record of your team. And if you are a statistician, you may hear that and say, well, chi-square, that's for bigger data sets. Uh, And that is true, which is why we also ended up running a uh, Fisher's exact test, which is meant for the same statistical correlation test with smaller data sizes. And the Fisher's exact test also 
through that contingency table, found that there was a statistically significant relationship. The p-value is less than 0.05, which means that we can reject the null hypothesis, include that there is a statistically significant relationship between the score and the win-loss variables. The odds ratio of da-da-da uh, indicates that there is a strong association between the two variables with higher scores being associated with higher number of wins. All right, Professor Krabs. It's all it's all the my my AI buddy. The chai the, and the, the Fisher score. Uh, man, we learned things here. One other uh, non this is not scientific, but um as I review my top scores, it, it was Mac Jones 2021, oh, Trey Lance 2020 Trey Lance 2022. It's not my fault Trey Lance get, didn't play and got hurt. Other quarterbacks took advantage of those situations. Right. That that those results would be even more profound if Trey Lance played more than appeared in more than two games in each of those two. seasons. Right. All right, I feel better about this. It's not my like this isn't predictive of how good the quarterback's gonna be. It's correct. It's the situation in its entirety. Right. I like it. And case Look. in point are um Let's put them in buckets. You have Bryce Young in a stratosphere that's in the top five. Bryce Young, for me this year, is in the sixth best situation across the last three years. Anthony Richardson, for you, is the sixth best situation across the last three years. Anthony Richardson, for me, is the eighth best situation of the last three years. Uh, C.J. Stroud, for you, is 10th out of 14. And C.J. Stroud, for me, is 11th out of 14 situations. So... We've seen big jumps. We've seen regressions year over year. Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is a great example of, I think we probably both were caught guilty for the 2022 group of uh, the pass catchers and questioning and what Evan Ingram ended up being and what Christian Kirk was and Doug Peterson and the impact of the coaching staff. and how Jones. They, But you know what? What was that team's record halfway through the season? Yeah, they went on a heater, right? Right. They got real hot at the end. They stacked it together. They didn't look great in the first half of the year, and neither did Trevor. And that's case in point. When we do Jacksonville again, guess what? We're going that situation is going to rank pretty high too. Probably the highest, but we'll find out. So that is our check-in for the class of 2023, and their situations versus recent history, and all of the dynamics to surround a quarterback with a winning environment to help him develop to be as successful as he possibly can be. I hope you enjoyed this Friday free-for-all as we are out of here for the weekend. Hope you guys keep it locked in right here on Locked on NFL Scouting. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. Shout out to the Everydayers. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. If you're not an Everydayer, now's the time. Go ahead and hit subscribe. Come on back and see us again soon. We're out of here. Enjoy the weekend. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today.